Is that the same robe you got me? Kelly. Oh, Kelly. Oh my God. You're listening to the My Lips Aren't Sealed podcast. Hey, hey, and welcome to My Lips Aren't Sealed. I'm your host, Kimberly Cobb from season one and two of TLC's I Love a Mama's Boy, available on Discovery+. Plus. Thank you so much for joining me today. In my podcast, I tell stories from my own wild personal life, give away my beauty secrets and product recommendations, talk about my current faves in pop culture and social media influencing, and more. I release one podcast episode a week, or at least I try to. The past few weeks have been a little crazy, um, and I'm always up for suggestions on what to talk about during my podcast. So if there is something you want me to talk about, just slide on into my Instagram DMs at Kimberly Cobb and let me know. And before I begin, are you listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts? If so, please make sure to click that follow button so you can get notified when new episodes come out. And also, please rate me five stars if you have been loving listening. Spotify recently released a new rating system, so that would mean so much if you could do that for me. Also, if you don't want to rate me five stars, that's fine. Don't rate me four, don't rate me three, just don't don't rate me at all, just don't do it. Uh, That would be great. Uh, But it only takes about five seconds, it would help me out so much. And if you're watching on YouTube, please hit that subscribe button, give me a thumbs up if you're enjoying listening to the podcast, and feel free to leave a comment too. Creating this podcast wouldn't mean a thing if I didn't have you listening and your support means the world to me. With all that said, let's get started with highlights and lowlights. Highlights and lowlights. So for highlights, obviously my biggest highlight right now is that my mom is in Austin. She's currently staying with my sister and I and we have had a jam-packed itinerary. We have done so many things. We explored Austin. We went to this elephant sanctuary. Uh, tomorrow, we're driving to Waco to see Chip and Joanna Gaines, uh, all their th- businesses that they have. I think they have like several. Um, so super excited for that. It's been a really fun trip. It's been so amazing having my mom here. And if you haven't already, check out my TikTok and Instagram. I've been sharing a ton of content from Mama Nikki being in town. You guys have to check it out. And in today's podcast episode, I will be doing a Q&A with her, so you'll definitely have to listen. Uh, It turned out really great. I recorded it a little bit earlier, and it was so much fun to have my mom on the podcast. Uh, You guys are going to love it. My second highlight um, would definitely have to be my birthday. celebrations. The last podcast episode I recorded, I told you guys about my birthday plans and I had initially planned on doing a recap episode last week for my birthday, but the time got away from me. I'm so sorry to make you guys wait. Uh, but the, my birthday was so fun. Um, on my actual birthday, my friends decorated a table for me at one of my favorite rooftop restaurants called P6. I shared some pictures on social media as well. They got like pink balloons and a a cake and the food was so good. The weather was perfect. 
Um, I had a cute little birthday girl headband. My birthday was on a Tuesday, so it was definitely more low key than, you know, a, a Friday birthday would have been, but it was perfect. My friends were so sweet, um, got me really thoughtful gifts and paid for my drinks and everything. And it was just a really sweet birthday. Again, low key, but it's kind of what I wanted this year. I didn't want anything too over the top. Initially, I had planned on doing like a girl's trip to Mexico or like I always get these crazy ideas where I want to do something really over the top and extreme. But when it really came down to it, life has just been so crazy. I didn't even have time to like order a birthday outfit, like let alone plan a whole trip. So it was nice just to celebrate with my girls. And then I had, of course, my mom coming to Texas to look forward to as well. So overall, it was a great birthday. Um, I met a hottie as well. So if you saw that on TikTok, I ended up taking the video down, but uh, not my boyfriend. For those of you who saw that and questioned that, not my new man, but he it was very beautiful. Um, a great time, nothing serious at all. But uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much my little birthday recap. And my mom had sent me a birthday package as well, so that was really, really sweet. Um, and then I have new coworkers. I'm gonna be talking more about that next week, my new job, but I'll be going out to birthday drinks with my coworkers next week. Again, it's April 1st, and I still haven't gone out to birthday drinks with them. Life has just been so crazy. So overall, great birthday. I'm 28 now. Uh, it feels really good. Also weird just being like two years from 30. What? That is so crazy. Um, but that's my highlight. It was definitely my birthday. My low light update on sushi guy for you guys. So as you know, I went on two dates with a really great guy. The second date, um, as I told you guys, I wasn't really sure like kind of how I felt. Like he gave too many dad jokes and he kind of reminded me of my ex a little bit too. And it was just like weird. I didn't know how I felt. So we had a third date planned like last week and, or two weeks ago, the day after my birthday, cause I had posted a picture or whatever with that like hottie that I mentioned. And I think he saw the story or whatever. It wasn't even like a big deal. It was like just a picture with him on my story. Well, this guy who, again, I'm not exclusively dating. We've never talked about that. He texts me and cancels our third date and was like, oh, I'm not interested. And like, I thought I was looking for like a girlfriend right now, but I'm actually not. So, but I think you're wonderful, but it's not like, I'm just not looking. I don't think we're looking for the same thing kind of message. So my initial response, first of all, if, if any of you guys have watched Euphoria, there's like this quote that Maddie says where she's like, um, well, I was going to say no, but why are you saying no? And that is so that like resonates with me so much with this situation because I already was on the fence about not wanting to pursue anything with this guy. But for him to message me first, it was kind of like, oh, like painful. It hurt my feelings. And like, it's just like that initial rejection like even though I didn't really see anything serious with him either um it still hurt my feelings again Pisces probs I am overly sensitive about everything 
but didn't end up working out with him. That's okay. I will find my Prince Charming one day. Uh, and at least he didn't ghost me. You know, he still messaged me and was like, hey, I don't really see anything serious. And whether that was coincidence timing wise, or if he did see the picture of me with the other guy, either way, everything happens for a reason. I didn't really plan on pursuing anything with him too much farther anyways, but, uh, just wanted to update you guys there. The funniest thing though, is that I'm on hinge, right? As like the dating app I'm using and he keeps popping up. Like I've already unmatched him and I've already X like, you know, said no to him again since he's popped up and he has popped up two times since on my dating feed saying like you and sushi guys should meet up. We think you guys are the most compatible. And I just kind of have to laugh because I'm like, well, yeah, I thought we would be compatible too, but that's okay. I haven't seen any other potential suitors for myself just yet. The dating scene has been a little dry for lack of better terms, uh, but that's okay. Uh, but that's my low light. Just, you know, the initial rejection of it all. But other than that, I'm doing fine. It's I'm moving on. On to bigger and better things. Uh, and now on to pop culture and current faves. Oh my god, I love your skirt. Where did you get it? Gee, thanks. Just got it. I see it. I like it. I want it. I got it. So I don't have too many things to talk about regarding pop culture and current faves, but the two things that stand out to me, one, Everybody on planet Earth has seen this already, but Will Smith slapping Chris Rock at the Oscars, hands down, I mean, that just takes the cake in terms of pop culture. It's interesting seeing how divided people are, and certain people in my life that I would think would be like, oh yeah, he totally should have slapped Chris Rock, are like disagreeing and saying that it was inappropriate, and then vice versa. So it's really interesting to see like people's takes on it. For me... I don't know. I feel like I feel like if it wasn't at the Oscars, the slap was deserved. Like who cares? Like obviously I don't encourage violence, but like if they've already supposedly they've already had beef before in the past where Chris Rock has said something about his wife and for him to like publicly humiliate the wife again, obviously that triggered something in Will and I would want my man to slap some guy if he was talking shit about me. Full transparency, like, especially if it's already been called out before. But since it's been at the, since it was at the Oscars in such a public setting, I don't know if it was the time and place to do that. Like, just in terms of, like, respecting the Academy and all that, all that. So, definitely understand why it's kind of divided and whether or not he should have slapped him. But I still couldn't believe it happened. That was shocking. Also, I wasn't really super into the Oscars this year, so I wouldn't have really known that the Oscars happened if it wasn't for this event. So then, of course, conspiracy theory people are like, it was planned for PR. And like, you know, you never know about that either. Uh, the second pop culture related item that kind of caught my eye is that Sydney Sweeney, that's the main actress from Euphoria, she dyed her hair red. She has always been blonde, dyed her hair red, like a beautiful, not like red red, like natural red. And it looks so beautiful. And part of me is like, 
screw it, I'm gonna dye my hair red, completely changed my life, but I am too attached to my blonde hair. I don't think I could do that, at least not any day soon, especially because once you go red, it's so hard to get that tint out of your hair to go back to blonde if you ever wanted to go back blonde. So probably not in the cards for me anytime soon, but Sydney Sweeney is looking so good. I love her hair. And I feel like she's kind of inspired a lot of other celebrities to go red too. Like even Kendall Jenner dyed her hair red, which is shocking because that whole family has never had, none of them have ever had red hair, I don't think. I mean, maybe besides like wigs and stuff, but uh, it looks so good. I love Sydney's look. She is just an all-star. I've talked about her before in other episodes, total fangirl. I'm obsessed with her. And then as for my current faves, um, I was like trying to think like really hard about what my current faves are. Um, obviously I've talked about like my Dibs beauty products before. I love those. They are incredible. I'm still trying to get a code for you guys. So once I do have an influencer code for a discount on the products, I will post that on my stories so you guys can try that out. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it for me right now. I haven't really been shopping too much. I did go on a um, shopping trip to Ikea with Mama Bear while she was here to get some stuff for my new apartment, which I'll be talking more about next week. But Ikea has a ton of great stuff, um, like all the basics, but you guys know me. I like, you know, a little more like glamorous, more specific kind of items. So. I've been looking on like Wayfair and um, Home Goods, like kind of those stuff where you can get more unique pieces. So if you have any recommendations for where to shop for like apartment decor that's like really unique and cute and cutesy, let me know because I definitely need recommendations. I feel like I've been hunting all over Austin, but your girl's on a budget, so I can't just go to... Uh, any of those big, you know, anthropology, that stuff's just not really in my price range right now. So open to recommendations, feel free to DM me and let me know. Which brings us to the main portion of this podcast episode, Q&A with Mama Nikki. So as most of you know, my mom has been staying with me for the past two weeks in Austin, Texas. And today she's joining me on the podcast which is so, so exciting. So I haven't seen her in over a year and it just feels so good to be reunited with my mom. If any of you guys have been away from your parents for long periods of time, or maybe you've had a parent that's passed or um, anything like that, it's just so difficult to be away from them for long periods of time and having that person to talk to every day. My mom and I do talk all the time on the phone and that definitely helps, but just having that face-to-face -face interaction is so much different and being able to have my mom hug me is amazing. So very excited to have her in Austin. We have had a super packed itinerary. You guys know me. I plan everything every hour of every day. So I've just tried to like not do that so much because mama bear needs to take it easy sometimes. So just make making sure that I'm like incorporating some downtime and rest days and stuff like that but we have done so many fun things mom what has been your favorite thing we've done so far in austin 
I'm visiting the elephant sanctuary and kissing Betty the elephant. Is it Betty? Betty. Was her name Betty? Yeah. Oh. I thought it was Kitty. No, Betty. There was a Kitty. Hmm. Um, my mom and I and my sister went to the preserve, which is an elephant sanctuary in Fredericksburg. And it was so fun. It was like the most amazing magical experience ever. If you haven't got a chance to check out the pictures on my Instagram, and then I posted videos on TikTok as well. So definitely check them out. Mama cried. I cried. My sister's not a crier, so she didn't cry, but we all just had such an amazing time. Um, 10 out of 10 recommend. Uh, but I do want to head on into the actual question section. So now I'm going to begin my Q&A with my mom. Mom, are you ready? I think so. You guys better be nice to me. <laughs> yeah, they're not always the nicest. I filtered out some questions. So uh, if you peeped my Instagram stories, I posted a ton of stories um, or question boxes asking for you guys to submit your questions to ask mom and Nikki. So as expected, there were a ton of questions about uh, my past relationship. So we will definitely be answering some of those. And yeah, just some overall like advice questions for mom and questions about like me growing up and stuff. So I kind of split it up into like different sections. So the first section, just so you guys get to know my mom too. My mom is incredible. So mom, tell us about you. How, let's do like a little dating profile first. So how old are you? Where did you grow up? And what did you do for work? Not dating. I am married, but I am 49. I'll be 50 in October. I worked 22 years for geriatric um, social work uh, in the same building. I had two immigrant parents from Holland. I grew up in Fair Oaks, California, which is uh, north of Sacramento with an older brother. Uh, we definitely had our dramas through the years. I don't want to really go into too much detail over that, but I love animals. I love my kids dearly. I was definitely... Love animals is an understatement. <laughs> our family is literally obsessed. Like, you guys know how I am with Louie. Like, I'll do his weird little voice. He's actually passed out right now, so I don't want to disturb the baby. But we've always grown up with dogs. Like, yeah. And cats. Definitely. Big rescue family. Louie's the first not rescued animal. I think that's joined our family. Yeah. We've never bought a dog in our life. They always just kind of acquired us. Oh, they he knows us. we're talking about him. Good morning, my right. sweet prince. Uh, for context, we, mom and I are recording this podcast episode. We are sitting on the floor in my living room. We both have our coffee. Well, I have hot cocoa. You know, I hate coffee. And Juju's still waking up, so. He's not waking up. He had a little walk. He's tired. Yeah. We did our morning walk. He's having his morning nap right now. Um, but yeah, we are a big animal family. Uh, we always had two or three dogs, two cats, a lizard, a squirrel, like you name it, chickens. A we never owned a squirrel. For the record, I don't want people to think we're trying to domesticate. Uh, we lived in a town animals. that we had a lot of squirrels that we would feed uh, peanuts to every morning. So and definitely, we had a family of squirrels that became very socialized with us. Yeah. But they were not our pets, no. But they were definitely quite entertaining to watch them jump around in the oak trees. Yeah. Tell uh, us about Buggy. 
I have a Minpin Chihuahua. She is the love of my life. She's an eight-year-old put mutt from the pound from the streets. Oh, she's, she's got an underbite. Eight. Yeah, she's eight years old. Um, I got her. She weighed about three pounds, and now she's about twelve pounds. Our little tiniest. But animal. she's currently in Sedona with my husband hiking the trails of Sedona, um, exploring and doing all the wild stuff that I can no longer do. So that kind of kind of merges me to like question two and three for you is a lot of my followers and fans know that you have cancer. So let's like briefly talk about that and then we'll talk about what you're doing in life now. So why Scott's in Sedona. So when did you get diagnosed with cancer and where are you at in your treatment right now? I was diagnosed actually on my 46th birthday, 2018, with multiple myeloma. It's a blood plasma cancer that is actually incurable, um, but does have a lot of treatments. It can almost be like a managed or a chronic illness now, you know. It's an average lifespan of 5 to 10 years, um, but there's ones that live to be 20, and I'll be one of those, you know. I'm, a, I'm definitely a fighter. Um, I knew I'm I was. I'm a survivor. I'm gonna give It's mom's theme song. I uh, knew I was sick probably back in 2013 when I started needing spine surgeries for scoliosis, um, and I underwent about three spine surgeries in a three-year span um, until I got really, really sick, and that's when they diagnosed my myeloma. We figured out what it was. I was diagnosed and hospitalized the same day because I was so ill. They saw your bones, right? I have, it's a blood plasma, it, it leaches out holes, so I have bone lesions throughout my whole body, so that's what, what gets me so tired is I just don't have energy, you know, it's just a very mm, energy zapping type of cancer, like all cancers, but you do the chemos, which make it even worse, so it messes up your GI, just messes up your energy, your will, you know, but definitely I'm a I fight or I do treatments and I get up and walk and I push myself. Um, I'm a very stubborn Dutch girl. We all are. <laughs> so. We're Dutch. I don't know if I've, ever, if I've ever told you guys on the podcast, but we are a very proud Dutch family. So we like to brag about how strong we are. We are because yeah. the we are a generation. The of, Dutch women are very strong. My yeah. mom Kim's Oma was lived two blocks away from Anne Frank. In Amsterdam, and my grand, my mom, my parents are Jewish, so um, but my grandmother was blonde hair, blue eyed, and actually was able to avoid avoid the uh, Nazis, um, kind of living under the radar during the war and survived it. But a lot of her family did not survive. You know, it's a very yeah. sad part of my grandparents and my mom and dad's life. It really affected my mom and dad's. Um, life even as an adult you know they immigrated to america when my mom was 19 my dad was 23 took a ship to new york and a train out to california but it definitely affected their whole life their outlook on life made me who i am made me the mom i was to my girls you know so it's definitely formed me who i was but as back to my cancer i'm currently under the supervision of my doctor for a CAR-T transplant where they take your T cells out of your body, they send it off, and it's a sci-fi treatment where they uh, genetically alter your T cells and then put them back in you, and they're like little Pac-Man that fight off the myeloma. It's a very 
very up-and-coming type of treatment. I was on a trial, and I don't know if it's open to all people yet, but I happen to be at UC Davis in Sacramento that just has the greatest and up-and-coming um, treatments that I've been able to get onto. And I just have a wonderful, wonderful oncologist team there that have just been, they've been over backwards for me. Definitely. I'm not, yeah, I'm not, I'm not an average age myeloma patient. Most patients are 65 male and African-American descent. So I didn't fall into any of the criteria of the disease of the cancer. So that's why I went undiagnosed for so many years, which unfortunately a lot of people are in the same boat with cancers. So by the time they found it in me, I was in the end stage of it with um, end stage kidney failure. So knock on wood, you know, I'm able to, uh, bring my kidneys back up to function, you know, so I, I drink a lot of water and take a lot of vitamins and walk every single day. A lot of vitamins is an understatement. Uh, mom has about a treasure chest full of pills she gets to bring with her to Austin, which is fine. It's just funny seeing None of them are pharmaceutical. Them. None of them are pharmaceutical. They're all, I've done my research on my Coumadin and my yeah. mushrooms and all these naturopathic ways to treat your body and let your body heal because I true believer our bodies can heal heal themselves yeah so if you guys are in you know a situation where cancer is a part of your life or somebody you know you know how hard it can be so definitely keep mama Nikki in her your prayers we love her very much but she's a she's a fighter and I appreciate all those Prayers. I mean, I definitely feel them in the in the atmosphere. And when people say prayers for me, I definitely appreciate it. Yeah, definitely. And uh, you mentioned that Scott. So Scott is mom's husband. Scott is in Sedona right now. So what are you doing in life right now? Let's tell them. Well, when you get cancer, you kind of reevaluate your life. And at 46, you don't expect to live the life of a senior citizen. But that path kind of changed when I got sick. And when I got strong enough, my husband and I made a decision that we were going to sell our house in Sacramento. And we bought an RV a year prior to selling our house to see if we wouldn't kill each other in an RV. And we traveled for a year while we could while he was on vacations. And we fell in love with the RV lifestyle. Um, I've watched every YouTube channel out there of people that are RVers, they're lifers and 24-7 living in an RV. So we bought a Class C RV. It's my husband and I and our puppy and we started out in Sacramento and took us about five months to go down the coast of California. We ended up in, uh, where was our last place? Sedona, where then I decided I was going to fly out and see my girls and spend two weeks. I left him there because we needed some girl time. And uh, I actually felt strong enough to be able to travel, which has been a year. You know, I just didn't have it in me to travel. Nor do I have my kids around me because of the germs. You know, they still have their lives and work. Yeah. Very grateful that mom has been able to rally, come to Austin. Very excited to have her here. I'm pretty jealous of her RV life. Um, You guys know I love Austin, but before living here, I... Well, before my last relationship, I used to travel quite a lot. So now I'm living vicariously through all my mom's posts. She's always, you know, going somewhere new whenever she can. And it's really, really cool. So very happy for her there. 
Um, the next little section of questions is family and life. So, mom, what was I like as a kid and what was I like as a teenager? Give the people what they want, but not too much. <laughs> start with the kid. What was I like as a kid? Well, we'll Just start a... off as a baby. Kim was definitely, she needed a lot of attention as Still a baby. Still true. Um, her sister was very, you could feed her, lay her on a blanket, and she could keep herself content for hours. Um, Kim, on the other hand, had to be touching her skin the first two years of her life. Had to be in her baby papoose or else she would do that blood-curdling cry that just some kids, babies do. She wanted that. Is that why I'm constantly holding Louie? Yeah, <laughs> I need somebody probably. giving me affection. She just needed that human touch 24-7, um, but she was just such a smart kid. Uh, she was just, both my girls started reading, I kid you not, at like a year and a half, they could identify the, the phonics, um, they could sound out words, you know, by three, they were reading, you know, the Dr. Seuss books to me. I was a big pusher on reading. I knew how important reading was and education was. Um, unfortunately for me, I had kids at 19, so my education was stunted because I had to become a mom, you know. I, I was able to go to college part-time, but I was wanting that for my kids. I needed them to be educated. So I pushed reading and Sesame Street and all that stuff, but Kim was just a sponge of knowledge um, and always very creative. I loved learning. I remember growing up and being like, I just loved it. And I still love school. I miss, I miss school even now. Yeah. We always tried to make, we always tried to make school a fun thing. We never made it a, like some people make school, like it was not fun, but it was, you know. I remember I got like a hundred percent on this quiz once, but there was a bonus question and the bonus question, my teacher didn't give it to me, but I got the answer right, so I didn't get 102%. And I remember like going up to her, I was like seven or eight, like, excuse me, like I did get the bonus question, I need that extra 2%, and she's like, well you already got 100%, like, she's like, I'm sorry, I'll give it to you, but I mean, I was torn up, like, and I was so anxious approaching her about that 2%, but I deserve that 2%. Yeah, you did, definitely. You worked hard. You also were worried about fashion. I mean, I've never seen a two-year-old actually worried about color coordination of an outfit and shoes and the hair bows. And I was, you know, I had to be at work at 6.30. I worked in the medical field already at a young age, so I had to get him up. So we had to lay out her outfit the night before, and it had to be Kim-approved or else we were not getting out of the door on time. I, I mean, she literally would have a temp... Yeah, you would lay down and have a temper tantrum. Um, and then we got her into cheerleading. Both the girls did cheer at a very young age. She must have been, what, five when you started, when you were a mascot? Yeah. She was little, in this cute little dolphins cheerleading costume. It was the flippinest, cutest I was thing. adorable. I should share those pictures. Uh, and you still have those pictures? Yeah, I am somewhere. But... The, you know, they got into cheer. Um, she definitely was very self-conscious about people seeing how she looked and her perception because she was such a perfectionist even then. So she would always have like the nervous belly getting out there, but it definitely opened her up to being more... Um, like confident. Confident. It built a lot of her, their confidence, both the girls. For the record, I have no rhythm. Like... I loved cheerleading. I liked the hair, the outfits, the music, the social part of it. 
but I have no rhythm like to this day if I'm at a club or something I will just be like bopping side to side with my drink and my sister can do like a full-on dance routine and that's just not me so I wish I could but I can't um how was I like as a teenager though because I know I was like a really good kid you know um in elementary school teenage years we don't have to talk too much about it because I know you can talk about it for a while. I was, I just like loved boys and I got like a little boy. I don't, I was never like a bad kid. I never like, yeah. I never went to parties. I never like did anything crazy. Um, Kim just liked to push the limits with her uh, outfits at a very young age. And, and like all little <laughs> I girls. I forgot about that, yeah. You know, all little girls, especially in junior high, and I know it's different now, but even when you guys were little, it was, um, you know, you wanted to wear the makeup and the blonde hair, and you wanted to look older than you were, and so you would get attention from older guys, and you weren't seeing that. And as a mom, it just it petrified me. You know, I didn't want, you know, I couldn't be around you 24-7 to protect you. The first time I bleached my hair and started wearing hair extensions was my sophomore year of high school. So I've been wearing extensions and bleaching my hair since then. So And you're worried about makeup and eyeliner. And, and I wasn't very good at it. No, and she was very, <laughs> I mean, it's, I don't want to be. Spray don't go too, don't hurt no, my feelings. No, I don't want to hurt your feelings. I'm a Pisces. But she definitely, she was not built like a high schooler. She had a large bust already in high school oh, right and on. a little tiny figure, <laughs> you know, and it was like, she was a beautiful little girl You know, and it got lady, the attention of the wrong people. Yeah. This lady on Instagram was trolling me, or maybe it was like Facebook or something, but she was like, Kim got a boob job. Nice boob job. Yeah. You look so stupid with your boob job. I'm like, bitch, I didn't get a boob job. <laughs> I, I, if I didn't have back problems, that would be great. Yeah. Thank you. She I shouldn't got, have to convince people, but I just... Uh, she got her grandmother's bust, definitely. My mother is very large busted also, and so was my grandmother. Huh? Bust. Say bust one more time. Tatas. Um, but she was already large busted by the time she was 12 years old, and it happened in, like, like I kid you one night, one summer, she went yeah. from a string being to all this, this curvaceous, beautiful girl in one summer. You know, she went from yeah. a kid to a woman, and it was... Um, as a parent you want to put your kid in a bubble you don't even know how to like protect them from that you know and it's like you you want them to grow up but you want them to be safe but overall as a teenager besides my body I was a pretty good kid no you were a good kid you were very academically um, focused you were destined to go to college you always wanted to get good grades you did water polo um you had a good network of friends, sometimes bad influencers. They didn't really guide you in the right direction, but they were good kids. They were just doing the same thing that all the kids did. Yeah. I was just, I was a young mom, so I knew the trouble that you guys could get into. It wasn't like my parents were there kind of oblivious to the trouble we could get into. I just wanted to keep you guys safe. So I was a very protective mom. Almost yeah. too extreme. And I know, you know, now I look back and I'm like, oh, it's part of the growing up part and the the brain anatomy and physiology. Yeah. So but what, so you, you speak about like being a 19 year old mom. So one of my questions here was what advice would you give to your 18 year old self? Give yourself grace. Cause that was one of my biggest thing is I have a lot of guilt that I made a lot of mistakes raising my kids, but I look back and yeah, I made mistakes, but I look at the end end results and I have these amazing daughters, and I raised my niece and nephew. They're just amazing people. All four of them are just self-sufficient, 
good people. They're just, they're good humans. You know, they're people that you would want around, you know, they're just a joy to be. They're hardworking. They're dedicated. You know, they're just not trying to live off the dime of someone, you know, they have, they're good, uh, good humans. Yeah. But don't be hard on yourself. You know, we all make mistakes. All parents. I've talked to people that had kids in their forties and that's the big thing. Mom guilt is hard, you know? Yeah. Just do the best you can with what you have, and you all make mistakes. Unless you're doing it on purpose, give yourself grace. Definitely. I think grace is really important. I've definitely learned that as I've gotten older, too, is to have grace with myself. And when it comes to even, like, comparing myself to others, other people that are my age and things that they've accomplished, and, like, just having that grace with yourself and allowing yourself to make mistakes and learn from them, and I think that's definitely a big piece of advice that my mom taught me that I've carried with me as I've gotten older and I've tried to like teach others as well. So and I've always, always taught you that, you know, we all are walking a path. It's no one's path is the same in life. Right. And you can't look at someone and know what troubles they're going through. You need you mm-hmm. need to be able to look at humans Even and after, just be kind to them. Yeah, and it's like, you know, most of you guys know, obviously, I was on TV, and it's like, what you see on TV, there's so much more even just to that. Like, it's just such a small glimpse, and you don't really know, you know, like, you, you see the things that you see on TV, but there's just so much more to the picture. So, everybody has, and it, it's that way for everybody, whether you're on TV or not, you know, everybody has their own things that they're going through. Uh, Mom, what is the most important lesson that you learned from your mom? Side note, I've talked about Oma on the podcast before, but if you are listening to this episode, like this is your first episode you're listening to, my Oma, Oma is Dutch for grandma, so that's my mom's mom. Most amazing woman in the world, like besides my mom, of course. So sweet. We had a really strong connection. I would call her all the time, tell her all my stupid gossip, and she'd listen, and we we just had like a really strong like spiritual connection and just got each other's humor and she just was somebody I could be really goofy with and also obsessed with dogs um just a great grandmother so what lesson do you think you learned from her mom that you kind of carried with you I learned a lot from my mom um like Kim said she was like she was a very good um person of compassion I mean my mom Mm -hmm. was just my mom was a nurse and every patient she touched was with compassion I mean her gentle touch and her gentle eyes she had these big brown eyes that would melt your soul she was also like five feet tall I think like five one yeah she was five one but she was always wearing these clogs she'd wear clogs that would make her like (coughs) two inches taller which are popular now but it was like she's worn those her entire life just to give her some height she hated heels, so she'd wear the clogs. Oh, Dutch clogs. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, definitely a, just to be compassionate. Yeah, with and my mom, my mom battled depression her whole life, and I saw that my whole life, and I, I've battled depression, so I knew young on that I need to ring that in, and I medicate myself. I had to get those serotonin levels in check in my body, and... You know, those, that generation of people from World War II, you know, that were born after that time, there's such a stigma to mental illness. And my generation, you know, I work geriatrics, you know, and we would do mental evaluations. It's, 
you know, you have to have grace on yourself again. And I learned that from my mom. Um, and if you need help chemically and you need to get that pharmaceutical help, get it. If you need talk therapy, get it. Um, but my mom was just so, my brother was an addict. I, you know, we haven't got a detail, but my mom was such a, she was, she forgave everybody. I mean, she, you could do her wrong and I never did her wrong, but you could do her wrong and she would forgive you instantly. She didn't hold a grudge with anybody, which is a good way to live life. You know, don't carry the burdens of others. You know, that's definitely what she did. Definitely. The next question this is a really good one. This is something that people asked um, actually a few times and in different ways. In what ways do you think that I'm like you? In what ways do you think I'm not like you? Um, you're definitely a lot like me. Um, definitely hard-headed. You like, and, and it's in a good way. It's, you know, you want it done a certain way. And it's, you have a hard time seeing it other people's way but it's a good way it's like you know you definitely want stuff done your way um like give that context um like with like planning like trips and stuff or yeah like... you like to organize stuff and have it done like i call it the powerpoint presentation of a trip like you want it a b c d to be done and i'm not like that i'm more organic i want to know where we're going but I don't need the A, B, C, D of when we get there. I just kind of like to organically see how the day goes. You like to have everything planned out a couple weeks in advance and do your research and know what everything's like or going to be like on a trip, which is very good quality. If, you, if you're with someone that has this quality, it's definitely um, a bonus because they've done all the research. They know what's fun in that town or the trip you're going to go on. You know, and I, I just kind of want, I'm like a, a go with the flow, organic type of person. So yeah. we're different that way, but we definitely are both hard-headed. We both like like stuff a certain way. Um, you are more worried about fashion than I ever was, and that's been innate in you since day one. I You guys can't obviously can't see my mom. I'm not recording the video portion of this. I will start recording a video portion of this podcast once I get like enough money and like buy like a nice camera and you know get all the proper equipment. But um my mom is a very, like, natural beauty. She is, like, a very minimalist with, like, her makeup and her, like, hair and everything like that and style. But she always looks really well put together. But she's just very, like, low maintenance. Growing up, I always thought my mom was Julia Roberts, like, energy, you know? Like, the same, like, Julia Roberts is, like, very, like, natural beauty, minimalist makeup, that kind of thing. So... My mom says I'm a natural beauty, but I don't think so. Of course, probably every girl thinks that. But I don't have like full eye. If you have full eyebrows, I have like little blonde eyebrows, blonde eyelashes. You're blonde hair, blue eyed. <laughs> I just need like a little extra help to Both the girls bring are out very, that natural beauty. They want my olive skin. I'm one of those people that goes out in the sun and turn brown right away. I've just always been that way. I, my mom has beautiful olive skin. Like I'm kind of like pinky white. And then I have, like, a good spray tan. I look pretty good. But, yeah, she tans very well. Very, like, natural beauty. N has never had any Botox and looks like she's 35. Uh, jealous. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I would, I would I say we're different in that way. Yeah. Definitely. My little natural beauty. 
But we definitely have a lot of similarities. And the older Kim gets, the more I see it because it's a lot of my mom's personalities. It's definitely a dominant trait. And Kim didn't get to know her great-grandmother, which I was very close with. And she is very much like her also. So definitely, mom and I are a lot alike in many ways. Different in other ways as well. And I think that goes for a lot of mother-daughter relationships, especially the older the daughter gets, she probably becomes more and more like her mom as she gets older. And then, like, even myself, I catch myself being like, oh my god, that's so something my mom would do. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Kylie, too. Like, we'll, or even, like, we'll say something a certain way or, like, do a certain facial expression. And we're like, oh my god, that was so mom. And mother-daughter relationships, especially from <laughs> 17 to, like, 25, 26... It's a difficult time. It's a very a head bunting, you know, and I know it's the natural progression of growing up and it's just really hard sometimes to let those kids go. And, but I definitely wanted my kids to be self-sufficient and independent. And Kim is definitely a strong, independent woman. And I'm don't glad. Don't need no man. I'm a strong, independent woman who don't need no man. Exactly. Um, Last question for you in this family and life section that we're in right now. How do you define a good or successful life? Just like two to three sentences. How would you, how would you describe that? Okay. Throwing a tough one her way. Yeah. I think if you can evaluate your life and lay your head on a pillow every night with a clear conscience, that's a successful life. Louie's trying to drink your coffee. Louie! That you've done the best you personally can in your life. You've been a success. Um, and just, if you've been kind to everyone and around you. You know, I'm a big person on you take care of family. I was a caretaker for both my mom and dad to their last breath. And I hold on to that. I feel like that was very, very, very special. You know, to be there, be their caretakers. Um... We have a very small family because my parents immigrated from Holland. So, I mean, yeah, you can have any job in the world and make a lot of money, you know. And, yeah, money makes you happy, you know, because it's like you can buy material items. But I think material items come and go. You can't take those items when you die. You know, when you're on your last breath and you're laying there, you're not going to say, hey, I wish I would have had that chanel number five perfume or a certain oh, name brand smells good <laughs> it does smell good <laughs> it's a nice perfume but that's not what you're going to be worried about you're going to be yeah. wanting the ones you love around you and you're going to be wanting those memories because i think you should make memories you know memories last you know yeah. your last your lifetime yeah um, so a successful life is one full of memories we yeah, one full of memories and one where whenever you do leave earth you're remembered as being like a kind person that people wanted to be around correct correct yeah i agree i agree with that yeah i would say my definition is pretty similar but i also define success as having number five perfume no i'm just kidding <laughs> well yeah but you're gonna want that though no I'm, I'm just kidding i no that's a joke okay the last section for q a with mama nikki is relationships so Kind of similar to the last question. This one is, what do you think is the key to a successful relationship? And we're talking about romantic relationships in this section. Find your best friend. Find someone 
that you just, you enjoy being around. No one gets around 24 seven. No one gets along all the time. But if it's someone that even when you argue, you still truly just care about that person and you love that person, keep that person around, you know? And I'm not saying it has to be a man or a woman. I'm not, I don't care who it is, you know? We all have to have that partner in crime in life, the person that just gets you, the one that you could just sit in a car and just give that look and just start laughing and you know exactly what you just drove by and what you saw and you just get each other. Um, the one that can complete your sentences, the one that's going to have your back. You know, I'm on my third marriage. I don't know if Kim has told you, but I got married at 19 to their dad. And it just didn't work. We were young and dumb. You know, we made two beautiful babies, and I'm so grateful. And then I got remarried to their stepdad, who wasn't a good dad, you know. But he definitely was, he gave them a good stability, which I thought they needed. And it's just like he was kind of detached. But we were never best friends. We didn't get each other. Um, we would go months where we wouldn't speak, you know. We were never physically abusive, you know. And I hold a lot of guilt for those relationships because those are formative years for my girls but I knew they always had my mom and dad as role models you know because those two loved each other and they've been married since 19. you know I met so I guess like an older age I just we get each other you know it's just mm -hmm. find that man woman I don't care what you what your gender or whatever you do but find that person that just makes you happy but you, I think too to your point about um, our stepdad is having the person should be your best friend. You should love them endlessly, all those things. But there needs to, the relationship also needs to be a healthy one. Correct. So it needs to be one where it's like a mutually, you mutually respect each other. Um, and it needs get, to be your equal. Yeah, your equal. Because I've, from past experience, it's easy, you know, to fall in love with somebody and feel like somebody is your best friend and you get them. But if they're not treating you the way you deserve to be treated in return, that's not a good relationship. No, that's definitely not, a not one. Definitely not. Yeah. Um, so without getting too specific in what past relationship I'm talking about, uh, what do you think about who I've dated in the past? Because I got a lot of questions saying, what did your mom think of somebody you dated in your past? Um, so what, what did you think about, I mean, cause I've, and for reference, I've had multiple long-term relationships. So this is about nobody specifically. In one of your relationships, you know, you learn from each relationship, you learned family dynamics, you kind of learn, I call it stepping stones in life. We learn from each relationship that you have. Um, you definitely learned a lot from him. And then your next one, I think we uh, liked him at first, mm -hmm. um, but thought he had a lot of idiosyncrasies that didn't match or jive with our family, because we're a very tight-knit family. We just get each other's jokes, and we're very um, comical when we're all together, because we're just goofy, you know? We're just... Some people get it, some people don't, you know? And he didn't seem to get our goofiness, which it made it hard, it made it sad for me that like he was thinking, oh, we were below him, because we weren't. We just had a different dynamic in our family. Um, but I was a parent and a mom that believed 
Your kids need to be self-sufficient and stand on their own two feet and they need to learn from their mistakes. You know, I, I encouraged my kids at a young age to get their first job because you learn from that. You learn from those hardships. Um, 16 years old, I was uh, flipping hamburger patties at McDonald's. No, I was a cashier girl, but I was there for two years. And yeah. I definitely... But you wanted it, to drive. It gave me a lot of growth. You wanted to drive. So if you want to drive, you need to pay for your gas and your car insurance. And she then she wanted cell phones were new. She wanted a cell phone. So she needed to contribute to that. Because I think that's when you're teaching your kids how expensive life is. If you just give kids everything, they kind of are blinded. They think you have an ATM card and everything. You can get anything, you know. And I had to work hard for what I had, you know. I didn't have a high-paying job. <coughs> and I kind of saw her relationship as um, he was very immature and didn't see... Um, life in reality he kind of had rose-colored glasses on he was delusional um and just uneducated like he just you would talk to him and there would be a blank like he could look through his soul there was no soul to this human and that worried me and you know and i at the time when she first started dating you know i was ill i was dealing with my own little personal crises so i couldn't say much uh and I think uh, a narcissist sees through that, you know, they kind of find this victim and they uh, take them in and they use them for multiple different reasons. And it, it made me sad, you know, that he took so much of her time and uh, a lot of her spirit away. You know, I'm, I'm seeing Kim's spirit come back. I have my old Kim back. You know, we're goofy again. We lay on the couch and watch a movie last night and just in tears and having fun and oh. we just enjoy each other. If you haven't watched The Art of Racing in the Rain yet with mm -hmm. Amanda Seyfried and what is his name? From This Is Us, the dad from This Is Us. I'm going to look up his name because it's going to bug me. Um, his name is, oh, Milo. I, don't, I can't pronounce his last name. Veda Miglia. What did you think about that movie, Mom? Uh, well, we're all dog lovers. So, I mean, of course, we were crying mess at the end of it. Uh, it was sad, you know, it's just one of those movies that makes you think about your own life. You know, the mom dies of cancer, so my poor girls are already dealing with their mom having cancer, so they're having to deal with that, and we all love our animals. My daughter has her kitty cats, and... Oh, we're all literally cut. Kim has her puppy. I'm holding Louie, poor thing. <laughs> I'm using him like a tissue. He's like, Mom, are you okay? Like, you're starting to freak me out. You're being so weird. Louie was going weird. through all of us licking us, licking all of our tears. It was <laughs> he so loves, cute. He loves licking tears. It's so cute. Um, but back to the relationship. Yeah. I just... He didn't, he didn't add anything to her life. He um, pulled away a lot of her identity, a lot of who she was. And as her family, it just made us sad to watch. But... I'm one of those moms that truly believes they have to figure that out on their own. You know, I could say so much and all I could do was send her texts saying, I love you and I'm thinking of you and I hope you're doing well, you know, through those rough times. And, you know, I come to find out later that he was intervening and she wasn't getting a lot of those texts and I would send her on her birthday her favorite lemon bars and she wasn't getting them or send her care packages. He was just very um, controlling over her and... Not a nice guy, you know. He just was not a nice guy. 
not a nice guy to me. You know, he sent me some pretty awful text messages in some of my darkest times of um, my treatments. You know, he just was not a good human. Yeah. So definitely overall, many of my relationships in the past uh, were learning experiences for myself. I've dated good guys. I've dated bad guys. I've dated in between boring guys and as we all have it's definitely um, a learning experience for me every step of the way and hopefully i'll meet the right one in the future um a question that several fans asked also was um did you ever meet family members of my past relationships and if so what did you think of those family members um they were quite unique. Uh, <laughs> you know, I. she definitely had a bigger-than-life reality of herself. Uh, definitely looked down upon people, mm-hmm. which is a very bad trait because that's an inner demon that she's dealing with. And I know that as being in the psych field, you know, she's dealing with her own demons and she's trying to hide her own damaged soul. And I saw right through that the first time I met her, you know, and it made me sad because you could see the sadness in her eyes. Um, she definitely wanted to keep her son and her family in her coat strings for her own insecurities. And I hope they work that out in their lifetime. You know, it's just a very, you know, as a mom, you're not going to be here forever. You know, you got to raise these people to be, independent if you die tomorrow can you see your son being self-sufficient because i surely can't he's not going to be able to stand on his own two feet because of all the damage you've caused him you know and that just as a mom to mom it just makes me sad you know it's just i know you love your kid because there's no doubt we all love our kids it's just not setting him up with the right right tools in life makes me sad Mm -hmm. Uh, somebody agreed Somebody asked, how happy are you that Kim did what was best for her? I'm ecstatic. Like I said already earlier, I said, I got Kim's spark back. You know, I got to the airport last week and it was my Kim. My little Kimmy was there. We call, you know, she was Kimmy. That's our baby Kimmy. Nobody else can call me Kimmy for the record. (laughs) Only Only Aspen, my childhood best friend. And family. <laughs> and she jumped out of the car and, you know, she was back to her old, because she can be goofy. And it's, that's the, that's the quality of Kim that is just so special. She has this goofy, fun side and she doesn't worry about what other people are thinking of her. And she's a comedian. I mean, her sense of humor is just, it's, it's a, it's, she's hilarious. I mean, she'll get a room laughing and that was completely and it fizzled out with him. Yeah, and it's interesting too, because like even with social media, it's like it's funny. It's like how you describe me. I don't care what other people think. I'm funny. Even with social media, I'm still I still struggle to like fully open up on social media because it's hard to really be yourself and share that with the world. Like you imagine. guys don't know, but I'm like a freak. Like not like a weird <laughs> sexual one. No, like I'm just like a, a dork. She's like, a comedian. I mean, my dad had Alzheimer's and. The way this kid would interact with an Alzheimer's grandfather that didn't know who she was. I mean, she would put on... Didn't he think I was French or Swedish? No, Swedish. (laughs) And he he called her Blondie. 
you know, and he's like, hello, Blondie. He had no idea who she was, but the way they would interact was the sweetest way, but she had it, you know, and it's, it's a sad time, but she would make the humor to get my dad to do anything. And it was just so cute. You know, we just use humor in our family to get through sad times. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah, Alzheimer's sucks. It's just the saddest thing to watch your parents lose their identity. And we just made the best of it because he actually, being as demented, was fun. And Kim made the best out of it. And so did Kylie and so did the other ones, you know, the kids. We all just made the best out of that with a humor. And it was nice to see her humor back because that humor was fizzled out, you know, mm -hmm. with him. Because he had just, like, he did a mind control thing on her. And I don't even know, people that have been in bad relationships just get it. Yeah, You just get wrapped up in this bad relationship and... You don't know how to get out of it. You know it's not right because you can feel it in your gut. But mm -hmm. he definitely, you know, I don't know. I think if I would have been healthier, I would have been over there and knocked on the door and did something I probably regret. But I wasn't healthy enough at the time to do any of that stuff. I know my husband wanted to do it and I wouldn't let him. Yeah, so definitely agree that finding a person that's going to bring out all those good qualities in you is really important. I'm definitely happy with the decisions I made to where I am today. As you guys know, it wasn't an easy, was not an easy road at all for me to get to where I'm at. Um, it's been a very long journey <laughs> to say the least. Um, definitely want to find a future partner who brings up my spirit and doesn't bring it down and I can be silly and goofy with. Uh, mom, somebody asked, how would you describe my perfect partner? So how would you describe somebody that you think is perfect for me? Someone that gets her humor, someone that loves dogs as much as she does. I mean, Louie is an extension of her and I know there's someone out there that has a pup that's the extension of him Yeah. because that's what she's going to have to have. I mean, we are just a dog family. You have to like animals you know you ha you can't be freaked out with dog hair and dog slobber because that's the joy of life i mean that literally feeds our souls is that love of an animal uh, we're, little puppuccini kisses mm -hmm. oh. we're one of those families that will follow someone down the street just to meet their dog we don't care about um, them excuse me can i pet your dog <laughs> and we've oh. always been that way you know it's kind of oh, like oh no louis just looked at me he does not want me petting somebody else's dog um i see him well-educated, because Kim's very bright. You know, she's got a college degree and very well-educated. Um, I see someone that challenges her, but is her equal and calls her out on her shit when she needs to be called on her shit. Wow. Um, I see a very strong, chiseled-out human. Like, I don't mean physically, but someone that just... I mean physically. <laughs> Ooh, a nice six-pack, six-four... I just see someone Brown that is just eyes. chiseled out. He knows what he wants in life, doesn't have any insecurities, yeah. and helps her be her best person as she makes him his best person. Because, you know, Kim's a catch, and I'm not just saying that I'm, because I'm her mom, you know. All of my kids are catches. They're just great people, like I've said, you know. I said, you only get one chance in life, and it's you need to have that partner in crime in life, you know, and... She's definitely a fun partner to have around. You'll never have a dull moment, you know. That's and you'll always look cute, you know. She knows how to style you. You have to be open to letting <laughs> yeah. her restyle you because she loves fashion. Uh, mm -hmm. and definitely. Be, and it'd be open to it. Um, and he has to be open to me crying 
I cry a lot. I'm pretty emotional. Yeah, you do. But I think most women have that emotional side. Not all, but most most women have. See, I disagree. I don't think I don't think all women are. I mean, I'm pretty. I cry when I'm happy. I cry when I'm sad. Yeah, you cry pretty, when I'm scared. You're passionate. Like, <laughs> yeah, you're passionate, like. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, if you are a man who fits all these qualities, <laughs> feel free to send me a DM on Instagram. I think you should go through mom first, and then I'll, <laughs> yeah, we need to have mom check them out first. Or if you know a man. And he needs to also be okay with the wounds the last relationship has caused her. You know, he this that last relationship did a number on her. And they need to be okay with that she comes with wounds that need to be healed. Mm-hmm. You know, definitely. And we all do. We all have relationships that just really scar our souls. You know, some more than keep others. Keep bleeding. Keep, keep yeah. bleeding. But, you know, some relationships really just hurt the soul. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm definitely on my journey to healing and figuring all that out. Once I have time and money, I will go to therapy. That's been on my to-do list all year. But I think it also just takes time, too. A lot of time has already passed since some past traumas I've been through, but some wounds cut a little deeper. So, Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And then I guess my the last question that was submitted is what is the best piece of dating advice that you can give me to avoid being in a toxic relationship? On the first date, I'm a true believer that gentlemen need to be gentlemen. They need to open the door for you. They need to let you sit down before you sit down. And I'm not saying I'm old school chivalry, but just they need to have manners. You know, on the first date, they need to pay for that date because you are the woman and I know that's old school, but I just, that's the kind of man that you need in your life is someone that respects you that way. Um, I think you need to listen to those red flags. You can usually find out who they are in the first hour of talking to someone. If you really listen to them, you'll hear those red flags. And if you hear them and they're red flags that are like, run, run for the heels, because I'm sure... You had those red flags with relationships in the past. In the first week you were dating. Mm-hmm. And, did. Yeah. And listen to your gut. You know, our guts. I think my biggest downfall is I'm always... Romanticizing. Well, I romanticize and also I try to, like, give people the benefit of the doubt. Or, like, well, maybe it's because of, like, you know, I make up excuses for people. And so in new relationships, it's just, like, what you see is what you get. I think I'm going to kind of take that approach. Rather than like, well, like, of course I'll still be like compassionate and like understanding if there are. I don't think you can find someone, a man that he's a project. You don't need a man that's a project. You need to have a man that has his, excuse my language, shit together. You know, has life figured out, knows what he wants to do, has a college education, has a good job, likes his family. You know, even if this family are goofy, likes his family. That's a big deal. Likes his brothers, likes his sisters. Well, more importantly, likes my family. Exactly. That was the issue in the past. You know, and we all have different families and we all have different upbringings, but you just need to respect each other's lives because if you don't have respect, you don't have anything. Definitely. Well said. Thanks, Mom. You're welcome, honey. Um, That pretty much wraps up all my questions for my mama. 
Again, Mom, thank you for joining the podcast. What'd you think? It was fun. Pretty cool, huh? Yeah, thank you, fans, for being Kim's cheerleader and cheering her on. I know it means a lot to her, and it, it's fun for me to see what you guys write to her, you know? She is. Mom is like Nancy Drew on my social media, so... I have a lot of free time on my hands going through chemo these last four years, she, so I'm very... Very vested in what you guys say, so be nice. Especially you, like, number one fans who are always, like, supporting me and commenting. I like, see it. She sees that, too. Like, we love you guys both so much. I'm glad that I was able to have my mom here on the podcast. This is my first time having a podcast guest, too. So hopefully, like, hopefully the audio and everything sounds good. I'm sorry if it doesn't, but this is a learning process for me, too. But I'm mostly just really happy that you guys are able to... Um, get to know my mom and see kind of who I was raised by and um, just somebody I love very, very much. And I love you too. And you guys out there, be nice. That's all. Just be nice to people. Okay, Elena Generous. Be kind. <laughs> Don't be kind. Be nice. Yeah, be nice. And mean it too. Be genuinely nice. Um, great. Well, that again, that wraps up the questions with mom. Thanks to everybody who submitted questions. There were so many. I'm sorry if I didn't get a chance to answer yours, or maybe there was a question that I'm just not allowed to answer for contractual reasons. So I do apologize there, but hopefully you liked all the questions that weren't answered. On my next episode, I'm going to be talking about new beginnings so i just got the keys to my new apartment i got a new job and spring has officially sprung uh very exciting stuff ahead if you had any questions about things i talked about during this episode send me a dm and a follow on instagram at kimberly cobb i'll be sharing new podcast episodes on spotify apple Podcasts, and youtube if you have enjoyed listening, which I really hope you have, please make sure to hit that follow or subscribe button. And if you want to be a part of the conversation, join me on social media by using the hashtag, hashtag my lips aren't sealed podcast and tag me on Instagram. Okay, guys, thank you so much for tuning in and listening to me and Mama Nikki talk and answer all those Q&As and we will chat more next week.